Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. As avid sports fans, you know the importance of a good playbook. And that's why the experts at Vaco and Morgan Franklin Consulting created the Trends and Transformation Survey Report. Based on feedback from over 160 business leaders across all industries, this ebook will quickly become your guide on how to thrive in the year ahead. It features insight into how today's leaders are approaching business transformation in 2022, including their most concerning barriers and challenges and the way they're adjusting their transformation strategies. Everything you as a business leader need to know about the current outlook on business transformation, like the talent shortage, implementing new technology solutions, and improving digital capabilities. It's right here in this guide. Let Vago and Morgan Franklin Consulting coach you up with their Trends and Transformation ebook. Head over to vaco.com slash helipod and download your free copy today. That's vaco.com slash helipod and download your free copy right now. With that, let's get started. It's the Helipot with MJD. All right, dude, you're already rubbing your eyes. You're a little tired. You have one week on the East Coast doing good morning football, and, and you're tired. What's going it's, on? It's, it's, it's not that, Dan. It's the fact that I've, I've worked literally, I worked Sunday, flew Monday, worked Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and now I am uh, I'm here in D.C. at my agent's uh, office, and then I have to fly out tomorrow. Work Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I, I, bro, it's, it's, it's a lot right now. And then I, you know I'm working here. As a matter of fact, I'm working today because I'm doing this with you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm just a working fool right now. Oh, man, I, I I mean all all the hardworking people around America want to hear about how tough your schedule is right now. You know what I mean? Hey, listen, everybody, that's that's. That's their own personal uh, choice. I choose to do this, but I also choose to complain too. So that's all right. I'm right there with you. Um, all right, buddy. Let's uh, let's dive into this before we start talking about some of these playoff matchups and everything. I want to go over the coaching vacancies with you. Oh my right, god! Right now, as per usual, right? How many? How many is it? Six to seven again? There's six available jobs. There could be a seventh out there if the Raiders move on from Rich Bisaccia. Maybe even an eighth depending on what happens with uh, David Coley in Houston. So this is kind of the norm, right? Every year there's like five to seven open jobs. This is, this is crazy. Every year there's five to seven open jobs. And there's yeah, not enough coaches to fill them. Th there really aren't. And it's going to be interesting to see what direction a lot of these franchises choose to go. So let's, let's take a look at 
the six that are there right now, right? Giants, your Jags, Vikings, Dolphins, Bears, Broncos. You are a coach, a youth football coach. High school, be- I'm possibly a high school coach too, but okay, we'll right. give you a, we'll give you high school seven on sevens. If uh, if you're picking one of these jobs right now, I'm assuming it comes down to it's pretty simple, right? And I hate that we always boil everything down to quarterbacks. Not really, and that, not everything's down to quarterback. Because to me, to be honest, the best job out there is the Broncos. Because all you need is a quarterback. It's that simple. Everything else is in place. Defense is good, solid. Offensive line, solid. You have a ton of young uh, talent around them. Depending on who you get, it could be. You can go the free agency route. You could possibly trade for Deshaun Watson if you want to. Uh, you don't know if Aaron Rodgers is coming available or if Russell Wilson comes available. Um, or you can go in the draft and get you a guy. Well, we know that if you're ready-made, you don't want to go get a guy in this year's draft because Why there's not? not a ready-made quarterback. Why not? How do you, see, everybody keeps saying that, Dan, and I, I disagree. I, I disagree wholeheartedly. Sometimes when we think there's ready-made guys, they're not ready-made, i.e. the Baker Mayfield draft, right? Where sure. there was a lot of them not many ready-made. Well, most of them weren't, to be honest. Um, and then this draft may be different, right? It may be where I remember Derek Carr's draft um, – the people said there wasn't a ready-made quarterback, but Derek Carr got drafted in the second round. He was ready-made. He was ready to go. He started as a, as a rookie and look, and he's played really well. Now, granted, he hasn't made the playoffs, but again, that's because he's had multiple offensive coordinator, multiple coaches in multiple years. He actually made the playoffs in year three with the Raiders, remember, but he didn't start a playoff game because he got, got hurt. hurt. He got hurt, right? right? So th- there's guys that are there to, to help, and they're young enough to be able to go. I think is there a Joe Burrow in this class? I don't know. You yeah, know what I'm saying? I, I, I don't, don't. I don't know. Unless but, Kenny Pickett's going to be that guy, which, which you know, listen, who's that? the Pittsburgh quarterback. No, the fake slide guy. Come yeah, on, the fake guy. slide guy. Come on, dude. I got. <laughs> I, I'm about to listen. This is what we're going to do in a couple of weeks. I'm gonna I'm gonna start watching these dudes and breaking them down. Okay. I'll tell you who's right now. I'm I'm, our, I'm always going to be biased to my kids that I coach because I coached them like an NFL player when they were in high school, right? They have that NFL pedigree. They know how to go through progressions. They know how to go through reads. They know how to read the defense. They know what a cover two is and a cover three is in high school, where some of these guys, they don't, they come out of college not knowing what that is. They know single high and two high, but they don't know what cover three is, right? They don't know what to look for in man-to-man. They don't know those type of things. So I'm always going to be biased. And I mean, my guy is going to be Carson Strong. But like I tell people, Carson Strong went to Nevada, and all of a sudden, Nevada became a powerhouse, or not a power, but a really good team. He won the Mountain West Player Offensive Player of the Year twice. He was the Mountain West Player of the Year. Um, and no disrespect to the guys he was throwing to, but we're, they're not guys that we're going to be like, oh, my God, this guy's a, a barn burner down, you know what I mean, down the field. And yet they still beat the likes of Purdue and other big-time schools. Um, and that's what you're looking for. And he's been a winner since he's been there. As in, like, he, he's won since he's been there. And so, for me – I don't know these other guys. I got to watch their tape, but I think there's guys out there that you may not know. The Liberty guy, I don't know. I haven't watched his tape. From Malik what I hear, Willis. he's pretty he's pretty good, right? Um, and so there's other guys. I think Matt Corral is pretty good. I think he has some something to him that people may not. You may not. Uh, I don't know. Again, I got to watch him to see. But I remember him coming out of high school and him still being a name to be called means there's something to that. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, he's coming off an injury too, so it's going to be. I mean, listen, the quarterback stuff. 
I, it, it, we're going to be digging into that over the next couple months. But let, okay, so if if Denver's your number one job, which I don't disagree with, um, I still kind of like Jacksonville considering some of the pieces they have in place, including Trevor Lawrence. What, what other pieces do they have in place, Dan? The Jags. Yeah, tell me. It does. It does. It doesn't matter what other pieces they have in place as long as you have a quarterback and Trevor Lawrence you can build around. But you said other pieces. So what other yeah, pieces I, do they I, have I, in place? I, I might have exaggerated a little bit. I like what they have with. I like. I like Robinson. I like Travis Etienne coming back. But now you have to. But this is the thing, though. That's fine. I, I like those two. But they're both coming off of foot injuries, which they, that takes a year and a half to two years to really come back from. Um, you have. You don't. You don't get to pick your GM in that situation. So is that a? You have to work with. You possibly have to work with someone you may not want to work with. That's and a Trent Balky, sure. Sure. No, I, okay. That's, that's reasonable. And I, I appreciate the fact that you're not being a homer here. Is the Giants the worst opening? By far. Not even close. By far. I mean, that, that is, and it's bad because of two things. It's bad because whoever this GM is, you're pretty much stuck with trying to fix Daniel Jones, possibly. Um, and you have no cap to do anything. Yeah, that's right? that's the that's the biggest problem right now I see with with the Giants is I mean you look at the you look at the cap space they have it's three million dollars I mean what do you do with Daniel Jones What are you going to do with Saquon How long does it take to rebuild yeah. Now you do have two top ten picks Yeah, but this is the problem You still have Kenny Galladay You don't know what's going to happen with that That's a huge contract Right um, Evan Ingram's coming up on a deal He should be coming up to get his deal done soon um defensively you paid Leonard Williams who's really good but you got some you got you got some pieces that you have to like try to figure out the offensive line is in shambles still one of the worst offensive lines in the game right like how do you fix these all these things um and put a winner out there because this is what I talked about on good morning football no matter what team that we're talking about here uh including the Jags you're expected to win right away right yeah. As you saw, you can't go what you can't do what uh, the Giants' old coach Joe Judge did. You can't do that. You, you, that ain't good for you. You can't come out here and win four games this year, five games last year, or six games last year, whatever it might have been, and be like, "Oh well, we're 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 better because we're better because you know we think differently." No, you're not. Winning is the most important thing. So whatever job there is, and we can go through the rest of them. You got to win now. And that's why the Giants is the toughest one, because how do you win now with that roster with no money? Right. What coaches will take that on? And and I'd like to see more teams have a little patience. I think the Bengals are a perfect example. And the reason that they had patience in Cincinnati after Zach Taylor had, I think he had six wins in his first two years because for them though, because they had Joe Burrow, and they knew that there was something positive on the horizon. And listen, you, you ask about Jacksonville. Yeah, they, I feel like they have pieces on offense. I like some. I, I like Marvin Jones. I know he's on. But the, how long is he going to be there? Though? Well, I know yeah. he's he's on the end. Laquan Treadwell had a rebirth. But um, really, the, but this is so okay. So let me break down. Let me break down the Jags. This is in my situation with the Jags and to do. All right. Obviously, this is one of my former teams. Sure, it's a team I watch closely. I think their offensive line is, I give them a B minus, solid, C plus, B minus, which is good because that's what the Bengals are. You need to go get some young, talented runners, guys that can go get the ball for Trevor Lawrence. Now, there's a guy by the name of Justin Ross who he threw to at Clemson, who will probably be a second round, second rounder, probably early third. And you should go get, pair him with him, 
right? You should go find possibly this Alabama receiver because he tore his ACL. He may fall to the, the second round. You should go get him too, right? Like you need to go start putting talent. That's what I've come to realize. You got to start putting talent around uh, all the, all your, your quarterback, right? You can't say, we're going to build the offensive lineup. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. No, you got to go get some young gunners. You like that? Young gunners that can go. Some young gunners. Okay. Because look at, look at what Cincinnati did. Offensive line is okay. They're, they're not the best offensive line, but they, they, they put some pieces there. They can be better. But you got Jamar Chase. You got uh, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon. And you're running. Well, we talked about this last week, MJD. They're the first team in NFL history to have two 1,000-yard receivers, a 1,000-yard rusher, and a 4,000-yard passer all under the age of 25. So you talk about building blocks on the offensive side of the ball. They're as good as just about anybody. And, that, and also that helps your defense, right? Because if you can score, if you know you can put up points, that helps your defense. Now, let's go to the Minnesota Vikings. You're in a world of trouble. You want to know why? Because you're paying your quarterback $48 so million. much money. Yeah. And that's going to be a tough one. Um, now, there's a name out there that I'd like to talk about for the GM spot. Uh, her name is Catherine Race, mm-hmm. good friend of mine. Um, someone that I actually bounce players off of in the off season. Um, very smart. Um, I, I think possibly could be someone that could work because of her financial background and her, her degrees and in, in, in taxes and different things like that. You're going to need someone that I can know how that knows how to move some money around. You know what I mean? That, that right. can, that can figure out the cap. That, that's going to be important. That can massage the cap if possible. So to me, the Minnesota Vikings, you have all the pieces that you want, to be honest. You have everything. You got a defense. Uh, Coaching-wise, this is the team you want. The problem is you're paying your quarterback everything, right? And you're going to have to – I don't know how many how many picks they have in the draft. Uh, I'm not sure. Let me check. Let me eight. pop that up. They have eight. No, they got, they got eight picks, which is good. So you got an opportunity to build uh, in that situation. So to me, uh, I would say the Vikings are probably two. Because, again, we're talking about win now. Um, you, you, they got playmakers, um, offensive line is put together pretty much a lot of first, a lot of capital has been put there. Um, so they got, they got stuff to do, man. Like I, I, I really like the Vikings at number two, you have them at number five, Lord have mercy. <laughs> I just, I, they don't have a ton of cap space. They got to figure out the cousin situation. I don't feel like it's realistic that you're able to move on from cousins. He's in the final year of a yeah. Of a deal that's going to pay him $35 million. Now the well, cap hits bigger. But right? what you do is you draft a guy. You draft a guy that you like to go sit behind Kirk Cousins for a year. You let him go. Well, and that's that's the perfect scenario. I think you're absolutely right. Um, I can't I can't see them bringing Cousins back unless unless they go far in the playoffs again. I just popped up an ad. I got to pop this off. Stand by. Bam. Man. Can't have pop-up ads when you're doing a podcast. Jeez, what is going on? You you like the Dolphins at four? I'm nervous. Well, you're looking at a team that was a whisker away from from making the playoffs, and they ripped off seven wins after they lost seven in a row. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that they're so okay. So I would have the Dolphins. They're far and away better than the Giants, but they would be my number five, if that makes sense. Well, they have a ton of cap space. So that, but that, that's fine though. But are you going to spend it? Who are you going to spend it on? Who's out there for you to go get? Who? What do you need if you're the Dolphins? I'd like to the, see. 
I'd like to see the Dolphins add a legitimate running back. I'd like to see him add another receiver. Uh, I'd like to see him add a linebacker. And, and you here's have the to other be able thing: to go down the field, right? Yeah, who? Who? I mean, it seems like they're sold on Tua. I guess if Stephen Ross is saying that that they're not going to go after Deshaun Watson. Well, that's so. This is the thing. This is a, this is me doing my investigating, and I want you to hear this because I'm going to say it first. From what I've under my understanding is the whole Deshaun Watson thing was Flores. It was no one else. Flores wanted him, and that kind of started a, a, a rift in the building, if that makes sense. Right? Like, he would come well, to certainly the started a rift with him and Tua, right? No because question. that relationship wasn't good. Yeah, you can't – you can't – listen, they, the old adage is you got to take care of home first. He, he must not have heard that. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is your quarterback now. You got him playing. You guys – there's reports of you guys yelling at each other at halftime and he's screaming at Tua and Tua's telling you can't talk to people like this. And like, it's just, it's just too toxic. You know what I'm saying? Like, so even with that, what does Tua do best? Do you know what Tua does best when you watch him? I think Tua gets the ball out of his hands quickly and he doesn't, he doesn't have great arm strength. I think he, I think he makes it through his progressions. He reads well. Um, I just don't know that he's, I don't know how high to his ceiling is, right? That's the biggest right. concern for me. Well, that's the thing. He does what he does really well, Dan, from what I've watched and seen, is he's an RPO guy. The RPO game is what he does better than anyone I've ever seen. And so that's what you have to bring in. Now you have to get playmakers to do that. Jalen Waddle is a guy that you could get the ball too quick. Now, you what do you mean by going out and get a big time uh, wide receiver? Is it a guy that has run after catch? Right? Is it a guy that um is a 50-50 ball? Is, like, who do you go and get that fits what Tua does well? Because you have to put the pieces around him that he does well with. Well, you certainly you certainly have a Jalen Waddle who they get the ball in his hands and let him create. I mean, listen, he doesn't he wasn't a take the top off a defense type guy. At least that's not how they used him this year. They got the ball in his hands and he had a ton of catches and he was super productive. But he can be that, though. But it's Tua that doesn't have that ability. So you have to figure out, do you go and get a bunch of small guys that are quick and you just do little five-yard routes? Or or like the Niners, you go get like a Debo Samuel kind of guy that you think has great run after catch and, and you get him the ball and you rock that way? Or do you – like how do you build this offense around him? So that's why I have them at five because it's just too many question marks, right? So I would be – because, again, I'm telling you win-now mode. Right. Win now mode if you're a coach. That's what that's what it's all about. Can you win now? The Jags will be number uh, four in this situation because even though you have a clean slate, win now is going to be tough because you're going to pretty much have to rebuild that whole thing. Well, it's about right? the expectation level when you get in there, right? So right. the Jags' expectation level is going to be to develop the quarterback, show some improvement in year two, don't lead the league with 17 interceptions, as long as Trevor Lawrence gets better, you could have six or seven wins and feel like it was a successful season in Jacksonville. But that's the thing, though. It's tough. Like people make it seem like six and seven wins is easy. It ain't easy. You see what I'm saying? Like your cupboard is bare down there. You know what I mean? And no disrespect to those guys, they played hard, but you can't keep going out with different receivers each week. Jamal Agnew was the leading guy at one point. He gets hurt. Marvin Jones probably had been the only consistent one. Then you have Tavon Austin. You had LaVisca Chanel. Like, they had multiple guys showing up at different times of the season. No one was that go-to guy, though, that did, was consistently there. So you got to find that guy first, right? Uh, I, I see. I guess, I guess it's just the level of expectation each job is going to be a little bit different. It's going to be higher in Denver. 
It's going to be higher in Miami. It's going to be higher in Minnesota. Whereas in Jacksonville and New York, I feel like the honeymoon is going to be a bit longer for but the thing, but, and, and I think you're right, but also it's going to be a little, it's going to be harder to win six games, right? That's, that's a hard thing to do in the, it's hard to win in the national football league and to be able to rebuild and try to win six games, you better be a great coach, a phenomenal coach, right? And you, and you better have a ton of talent coming through there as well. Uh, the last one we haven't talked about, which I think might be, it's, it's always hard because you're in the NFC North, and as long as Rodgers there, you're fighting for second place, uh, it seems like right now. But the Chicago Bears, I mean, you got a quarterback. You got receivers. Offensive line is getting better. You got a runner. And then you got a defense. Really, you just got to come in and just patch hole a couple things, maybe add another receiver because Allen Robinson would probably be gone. Um, you know, and you're good. Yeah, well, they're, they, they, they don't have a first-round pick. Because they sent it to the Giants in that in that Fields trade, but obviously, if you feel like Fields is the guy, then it's it's well worth it. MJD, I must admit, my producer chops I think are pretty good. I, I went upside down here. I wanted to talk about all the coaches before we got into the playoff matchups, um, but that's the most important thing right now is the playoffs. We're in Super Wild Card Weekend, so I want to move on from the coaching stuff. And before we get into the picks, because there's so much to chew on here, I want to ask you this question. In your mind, who has the most to lose? Translation, who's feeling the most pressure this week as as a team? All right, I have three teams that pop out to me, right? Yeah. It's the Bills because you're playing the Patriots again. You should beat them. You saw how when they had that weird loss – a few weeks ago and that the crazy weather game when the Patriots only threw it three times, how it kind of set off Sean McDermott when they asked about Bill Belichick having their number. It's right. the Bucks who are the defending Super Bowl champs. Um, losing in the first round would be something that I don't think any of us could, could possibly fathom. And then it's the Rams who spent a lot of draft capital acquiring Matthew Stafford and Stafford has been really good and not so good at times. Is one of those three teams your pickers or somebody else you think has the most? Breaking, breaking news. The Texans are firing coach David Culley. There you go. So there goes another team that's out there. That, well, that's seven openings. Yeah. Um, so this is the thing. I, I, Me personally, I don't think the Bills have a lot of pressure um, I because that one game was an anomaly, the wind. If people, if our fans don't know this, the one thing that can change a football game, it's not snow, it's not rain, it's not heat, it's the wind. Because you can't throw the ball, obviously. It's whipping all over the place, right? It's hard to throw the ball. Um, so I, I see this game kind of like the last one uh, being played. Also, I, I watched the Miami Dolphins-Patriots game. Mac Jones hit a wall. It's, it's pretty simple. Like, he's worn out. And we can act as if he's not. But it's okay. Like, bro, it's your rookie year. You've been training for literally over 365 days. You've been playing football for over 365 days. You didn't get a break, right? You got to think about it. He went from college championship to the draft process to OTAs uh, to training camp to now playing. You're tired. And you can see it in his decision-making and his arm and his throws, right? Which is okay. And I think that's what's going to hurt the Patriots there. So I'm not worried about that. Um, you, who'd you say, who's the other team you said? The Bucks and the Rams. The Bucks, 
I'm, I'm a little concerned about because they're playing an Eagles team that can run the ball and it's really good. And you don't have the same weapons that you had the first time you played. Remember Chris Godwin had a heck of a game against him that first time. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's going to be a little nerve wracking, but to me, it is the Rams. That's the Rams for multiple reasons. One, they're, they're banged up going into the playoffs. You just lost Jordan Fuller. Um, You signed Eric Weddle uh, out of retirement to come back and try to help whatever, however you can. Uh, you signed Blake Countess. Um, and Stafford has been fine. He threw 41 touchdowns and 17 interceptions. Like, that, that's solid. That's a good ratio, I think. I mean, you don't obviously want – you don't want the 17 picks. But 41 touchdowns, that, that'll get you where you are right now. Okay, I like um, 41 touchdowns, MJD, but, but 17 interceptions was tied for worst in the league with rookie quarterback Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, but Trevor Lawrence ain't throw 41 touchdowns either. You see where they are. You see what I'm saying? Like the 41 gets you where you need to be. Um, But the concern is not just that. It's that you've, you've, they've been in win now mode for the last four years, right? right? They've been trying to win the Super Bowl, leveraging draft pick capital, uh, signing Odell Beckham, uh, trading for Von Miller, obviously Matthew Stafford. They do have the most pressure. Uh, Jalen Ramsey getting him over there. They got a ton of pressure on them to win today. And and you're playing a, a familiar foe, but the question is, how is your back end going to look? And if your back end's not where it needs to be, that means it puts more pressure on who? Matthew Stafford to play mm-hmm. perfect. And he hasn't done that yet. And that is a concerning issue. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, we're going to get into the game picks here. First, a quick break. A message from one of our sponsors, our favorite sponsors, Viore, a new perspective on performance apparel. Everything from Viore is made for peak performance in a workout environment but it's also styled for everyday life. Translation, translation. it's cool gear that allows you to look good and feel good, whether you're sweating or pounding away at the keyboard or just bouncing around town riding your electric bike. If you're not already on board the Viore train, there is plenty of room, my friends, all kinds of gear to keep you warm in the winter. And you have the old staples that I love. I talk about them all the time. The core shorts with the built-in liner. The Sunday joggers for men and women are perfection. And, of course, the uh, performance tees that you can wear everywhere. It's all at vioriclothing.com slash helipod. That's V-U-O-R-I clothing.com slash helipod. Get you 20% off today. Greens Plus is a leader since 1989, known for creating the first ever blended green superfood powder and the first company to infuse that powder into a bar. The bars and powders are delicious. I have them all the time. My kids have them all the time. My wife has them all the time. It's the most effective way to improve your immunity, detox your body, boost your energy, and get that key word here, key phrase, nutritional insurance that your body needs from organic, gluten-free, premium green superfoods. You can get Greens Plus at Whole Foods, order them on Amazon, or greensplus.com. Free shipping from greensplus.com. You get 20% off with the promo code HELLIE, H-E-L-L-I-E, 20% off promo code today. MJD, I don't know if you kept track, my friend, as we get ready for our game picks. I probably lost all of them. 
you sucked last week. Yeah, no week. question. You were I had to. Four. I had to, though. I know. You you went contrarian just uh, to try to make it a race, and I do commend you for doing that. Uh, unfortunately for you, you picked the Chargers, the Rams, the Ravens, and the Eagles. All losers in the final week of the regular season. Well, I knew, I knew the Eagles weren't going to win because they weren't planning when the Cowboys played everybody. The Rams was a great game, um, had a chance to win it, couldn't do it. Chargers, I mean, come on. Are we really not going to – we're going to call a timeout? I'm going to call one right now. Timeout. Okay. <laughs> what are we doing? And I don't even know who the last – who's the last team that we picked that I, I lost to? Uh, you picked Philly. Did I say that already? Uh, you said Philly. Philly Chargers, Rams, Baltimore. Oh, and, Baltimore, yeah. yeah. Ball, again, another overtime game. That yeah. was tough, man. Those are those tough games. All right, so uh, 57 and 37 is me going into the playoffs. You're 50 and 44. It's going to take a yeoman's effort for you to come through here. Let's start no with the question. Raiders and Cincinnati. Cincinnati favored by five at home, over-under set at 49. You talked about that Raiders win. So much was made about them kicking the field goal and the timeout that was called by Staley. So they get the win instead of the tie, but – what nobody really focused on was the fact that it allowed them to play Cincinnati instead of Kansas City. That's and why that was that. Hey, that is important. That's very important because it's a better matchup for them. Last time out, uh, the Raiders, last time they played an overtime game at home, they went across the country on a short week and they beat the Steelers on the road. So that's always you look at that, you're like, oh, wow, their emotions are riding so high. There's definitely going to be a letdown. Well, that wasn't the case the last time that this happened all right the last matchup between these two teams the Bengals won 32 to 13 and I don't know if you remember that game MJD was kind of a mosh pit of a game wasn't the prettiest game Joe Burrow only threw for 148 yards it was a career low it was all mixing it was all mixed and he had 123 yards career high 30 carries couple of touchdowns do you anticipate that being the the formula for success for Cincinnati this time around, or do they let Joe Burrow cook a little bit like he has been the last week or two? I think they're they're going to do whatever it takes to to win. Um, I actually was texting with Brian Callahan, the OC for the Cincinnati Bengals. I didn't really dig into what they're going to do, but the confidence in the text is is what I was looking for. Right? Let's remember Brian Callahan is Bill Callahan's son, mm-hmm. the old Raiders head coach, so he knows that 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 organization really well. Um, I'll say this. I think Cincinnati is, again, there's, there, there were three teams that I was scared of to make the playoffs. One was the San Francisco 49ers. Yep. Nobody wants to play them. The other was the Philadelphia Eagles because of they can run the football and they stop the run and their defense doesn't give up big plays. And the last one was the Cincinnati Bengals because how hot they are coming in, right? They are, I mean, to come roaring back against the Chiefs and then out-duel them, that, 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 that's something that doesn't happen. So – uh, to me, I think they're just playing a really good brand of football right now. They're confident. They're playing well. You see them celebrating, smoking cigars. Joe Burrow's doing the gat, get the gat dance. Everybody <laughs> is having a good time. And that's why I'm picking them. Uh, I, I just think Derek Carr, love them to death, played with them. Uh, I just think right now they, they had, they, it's a beautiful story. But you lost Ruggs is not there. Haven't seen Deshaun Jackson really make plays as of late. You know, Darren Waller came back and all those things. But, man, it's tough to cover three wide receivers out there running constantly. Somebody's going to have a matchup where that's going to be favorable. It's either going to be Chase, Higgins, or Boyd. You decide, right? And then that's always tough to do when you have three number one wide receivers on a team. 
Um, I think Joe Burrow is playing really well. Now, do I think they throw the ball? No, because that pass rush is crazy from the Raiders. But I do think that they find a way to get a victory done at home. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, the thing about Burrow is he's playing as well as any quarterback has entering the playoffs in his last two games in over a decade. He has eight touchdown passes, almost 1,000 passing yards, and a passer rating of 145 in his last two games. Remember, he sat out the last game. Yeah. That's the highest of any quarterback besides Peyton Manning in 2008. So he, he's as hot as it gets at the quarterback position going into the playoffs. I'm picking the Bengals, too, 26-24. Let's move on. New England at Buffalo. Buffalo favored by four at home. Your last trip, you remember, New England only threw the ball three times. Last game, of course, the Bills, though, uh, beat the Patriots. You know, one of the big questions is it's the most chameleon-like team in football. They change the game plan every single matchup. Who steps up for New England? Is it going to be a guy like Ramondre Stevenson or a Kendrick Bourne? You know, for, for me, though, Buffalo, despite having the sixth best rushing in football, you know how many 100-yard games they have from a running back this season? Uh, uh, maybe one. One. You're absolutely right. Devin Singletary has one. That was a couple of weeks ago. The difference is Josh Allen runs the football as well as almost any quarterback in football, not named Lamar Jackson, and I think that will stress the Patriots' defense that hasn't looked great. The Patriots have lost three of their last four. You talked about Mac Jones. He hit a rookie wall. He's looked pedestrian. In those three losses, one of which came to Buffalo in their last four games, the defense has given up 33, 33, and 27 points. Hey, Belichick's a goat. He's not going to do it here. Give me Buffalo 27-21. Yeah, I, I like Buffalo in this too. And the reason being is they're starting to run the ball. I, I did a breakdown on Good Morning Football today um, of the difference of why they're being why they're a better team. Right. Teams are playing them like the Chiefs with the two high safeties. And the Chiefs are running the heck out of the ball uh, when that happens. The Buffalo was still trying to throw the ball in that. Now they started running the ball. They were running the ball with Josh Allen, they're running the ball with Devin Singletary. They're doing all those things. And guess what? Now the play action pass game, the passing game is opening up because yep. teams are getting gashed in the running game. So uh, I like what they're, they're able to do. I love um, the ability to have a quarterback that runs in the red zone. Uh, gives you make it 11 on 11 football. That's the only time I would like to run them. Uh, but again, I just think that the Bills are just too talented right now of a team. All right. I'm on board with you there. So we're both, uh, we're both taking the Bills. Those are the two Saturday games. We move on to Sunday. Game one's going to be Philadelphia at Tampa Bay. You talked a bit about uh, the Eagles, and they played week six, did the Bucks in Philadelphia, and the Eagles lost that one 28-22. They did have success running the ball in the second half, and they have become the best running team in football, and they should have their full complement of running backs in this one. Miles Sanders, limited in practice, coming back from that broken hand, but they're hopeful that they're going to have Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders back. In my mind, this one's going to come down to the fourth quarter. This is going to be a game, MJD, where I don't think it's going to be pretty. I think you could be looking at a game where it's seven, eight, nine possessions per team, and the Bucks are going to have the luxury of having Leonard Fournette back from that hamstring injury. He hasn't played since week eight. Playoff Lenny. Remember him last year. I remember they're also, him. They're, almost getting, they're also getting some guys back on defense, and Levante, David, Shaq Barrett, and JPP, but – we're not likely to see the best version of any of those guys on defense. 
First game back for Leonard Fournette. You tell me for a running back after that kind of a layoff, how long does it take you to get going? Uh, it doesn't take you that long. I, I don't think that's the problem. I, I, to be honest with you, when I look at this game, um, I think Leonard Fournette, they're going to lean on him for sure. If you look at the weather in Tampa, it's supposed to be rainy and sloshy, and that doesn't bode well for Tom Brady and what they're trying to do and what they want to do, right? Um, they're not going to have Ronald Jones. He, he's doubtful. Um, so it is going to be Leonard Fournette. But um, when you talk about rain and that Florida rain and how it just the field gets nasty, that bodes well for a team that runs the football. And that's the Philadelphia Eagles. And then you're going to be shocked in this one, but I got the Eagles upsetting the Bucs um, just because I believe in their running game and what they were able to do in week six, how they were able to run the ball in the second half. I think they come out running the ball. Um, and everyone's saying, oh, the Bucs defense, well, they haven't stopped the run as well as of late. No, they have they a lot not. of issues going on. And some of them, we're going to get pieces back. Well, those pieces were there when they weren't stopping the run either, right? So there's something going on, um, and they got to fix it. But I'm, I'm telling you now, they don't have Gronk, or they don't have Godwin, and they don't have AB, which is an issue. You got Fournette coming back off the hamstring, which means Mike Evans and Gronk are going to have to take up everything. I don't know if that's enough uh, to be able to handle uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. So there goes your first upset of the week at one o'clock on Sunday. I have the Eagles going into Tampa and winning. Um, and, I, and I've been waiting for this one to tell you. Because on the other ones I picked the other way, but this one for you, it's an upset special, man. The Eagles come back and they make it work. I hate to disappoint you, man. I really do because I'm picking this upset too. God I, dog, man. I know. I'm, I'm switching it you. then, man. Give me back the bucks, man. <laughs> Tampa Bay's favored by eight and a half. And I think they're really going to struggle against this run game. And we talk about this all the time, but I love the running quarterbacks in the postseason. Jalen Hurts has developed as a competent passer. He's gotten better. I, I love his mentality. And I don't think this is going to be uh, a happy ending for the Bucs in this one, especially if weather is an issue. They don't want to talk about that down there right now, but MJ, that's a, that's a great point. And they might be able to grind out a win here in a low-scoring game. I have the Eagles winning 23-21, so we're on board together. I love I'm it. switching it back to the Bucs. No, you're not. No, you're not. All right, San Francisco at Dallas. This is the trendy pick, man, and it has been all week. Everybody, listen, and I know I want to give you credit here, credit that you deserve because you've been on the 49ers for like the last two months. They are built for the playoffs. They have a good defense. They pound the rock. San Francisco 7-2 and two in the second half of the season, and Jimmy G's thumb is one week healthier, right? So – that I, to me, now listen, Dallas is favored by four. It's going to be a high scoring game. That's the expectation, at least in Vegas, 51, the over under. Uh, tell me your thoughts here. Listen, I, I've told people this and I will continue to tell people this. There are certain teams that you just don't want to see in the playoffs. And the Rams had an opportunity to knock that team out and they didn't. And it may come back to bite them in the butt. Now I'm going to give you a little heads up to, I'm going to fast forward a little bit. I have the Rams facing the Niners again in the, in the NFC championship game in SoFi, which is going to be crazy. But for, but, but I'm going to tell you why the Niners, what they do travel, they're a team, right? It's not like, Oh, it's Aaron Rodgers and Devonte Adams, or it's not like, Oh, Dak Prescott and the wide receivers. No, they, they do it as a team, offense, defense, and special teams. That's how they play. And that's why they're so tough to beat. Um, it's not about Jimmy Garoppolo. It's not about Debo Samuel. It's not about George Kittle. It's about all of them together and how they play. And let's remember, they're going to get, they should be having Trent Williams should be coming back. 
And that's going to be a tough task. Now, defensively, Nick Bosa is playing at the, one of the highest levels I've ever seen. I mean, the quietest 15 sack season I've ever seen in my life, right? Like he just continues to find ways to harass a quarterback. And if Dallas has to win this game, Dak has to throw the ball 40 to 45 times. This ain't going to be a run, a run, run the football thing with Zeke Elliott, which then opens up the door. Now, yes, the Cowboys defense is pretty good, but they have so many ways to attack that Kyle Shannon is a mastermind. He attacks defense in so many ways. He finds a way to get the ball to Debo Samuel, uh, Elijah Mitchell, George Kittle. They'll do anything. To me, that is what that is what's scary. Is that you just don't know who's going to be the guy this week. Yeah, you know Debo's going to get his touches, but Elijah Mitchell may go off and give you 150. You know what I'm saying? Jawan like, Jennings been chipping in. Jawan Jennings just showed up against the Rams, took away everyone else in the passing game. Jawan Jennings scores two touchdowns. Right? He's like, a vol. He's a vol. I know. That don't mean anything. Anyways. See, you're going San Francisco. I'm going San Fran for sure. I'm going Dallas. Good. And here's why. Why? When they're rolling, when they're rolling, they're as good as anybody in football. Oh, hold on. When, when, when were they rolling? Tell me who they were rolling against. Uh, they're, well, you know, and this, this is maybe why it's so fresh in my head. Because when I look at the Cowboys, I look what they did to my Washington football team. But you guys had COVID. Everyone had COVID. No, that's, that's fair. That's fair. They put up a great performance against uh, New Orleans. They uh, also, if you want to look just recently, now granted Philadelphia wasn't playing a lot of their guys, but they steamrolled them. Yeah, they, they weren't playing anyone. Them. They didn't play anyone. They, so they played is, New England okay, and they beat on. New England in New England. Dan, that was, that they was 10 the years Chargers ago. Week two. That, week two. Okay. They lost to the Raiders over Thanksgiving. They lost to the Cardinals at home. Look, pedestrian. Are you kidding me? They when they're, they play quality opponents, they don't play well. They they've won five out of the last six games. And but, hey, I but that, hold on, time out, time out, time out. You can't do that because that that's misleading. The five of the last six were all NFC East opponents, which I think a lot of teams would have beat in those situations because the NFC East hasn't been that good. They, they right? did play. They did play four games against Washington. And the and they, exactly. <laughs> so don't do that. Right. So this Here, is the th- he, here's my rationale though. They can take the top off a of defense with CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper. That's why I agree with you that they're going to need to throw the ball 45 times. And the deep ball, if there is a weakness for San Francisco, it's been the deep ball this year. And Dak's going to have to be on point. I mean, Dak's going to ha- he's, he's going to need to play pretty close to a perfect game for them to get this win. And I think the fact that it is in Dallas is going to help them. And I knew you were going to pick San Francisco – so I felt like I had to pick the Cowboys here. I, I get that, man. They just don't – right now, they don't play well in Dallas. They lost to the you, – you lose at home. You lost to the Raiders, right, who who at the time were struggling. You know what I'm saying? Like trying to find their way. They won in Cleveland, barely beat uh, Case Keenum in Cleveland right before that. Like they went on a run. You know what I'm saying? Or maybe right after that's what they did. I, don't, I can't remember when it actually was. But Well, I'll tell you, you this. When you look at when you look at their their losses this year, right? They're twelve and five. Their their only loss to a non playoff team is Denver. Every other loss is to to a good team, right? Kansas City, Las Vegas, Arizona. What do you Tampa think? So Bay. what do you think? So what do you think they're playing in the playoffs? Bad teams? <laughs> like, no, I I understand what you're saying, but they're a team that doesn't have any bad losses, right? There are really good teams with bad losses this year. Right? Tennessee but but, has a bad loss this year. The Bucs have a bad loss this year. But that, those are one-offs. You're just losing to good teams. 
which means when you get to the playoffs, guess what you're going to do? Fair. It's a, lose that's a good it's, team. It's a fair point. It's a fair point. And if this were a debate, you might win the debate, but I think I don't want to win the debate. Win. I just, I, I, I like what you're, I love that pick for you. I just telling you like <laughs> no one wants to play the Niners. There's not a team. I told my boy, my boys are Niner fans. I tell them all the time. There's one team in the national football league that you don't want to play. And it's them because they can win a game throwing the ball eight times. Yeah. You see what yeah. I'm saying? Like that's a problem. I, I love what Kyle does with Debo when he puts him in the backfield. I mean, he's just a football player, dude. I just he's like a, guys who are football players. That's and what Debo he is, Samuel man. Is and he's a bigger – he's bigger than what you think, too. He's like 215 pounds. It's a much bigger uh, running back than what they have there. So, yeah, I like that match, but I love the Niners. Speaking of big, Big Ben backdoors his way into the playoffs. They're on the road in Kansas City. Biggest underdog of the weekend. Uh, Twelve-and-a-half point dogs are the Steelers in Arrowhead. 46 and a half, the over under. Um, should we just roll through this one or do you want to talk about Listen, it? Listen, it's not going to get, look, I get it. It's a beautiful story. Um, TJ Watt tying the stack record, almost broke it. Should have um, broke it. Why didn't yeah, he get credit for that first one? I don't know. And the NFL looked at it and they, they said he didn't get credit. They didn't give him credit for it, which weird. is weird. They probably didn't want him to break it. Um, that's awesome. Big Ben, you know, farewell tour, all that good stuff. And he could play it up. Let's remember when the Chiefs beat them, Tyreek Hill didn't do anything. Travis Kelsey didn't play. And Clyde Everett-Hilaire got hurt. Okay. Byron Pringle broke y'all off. Guess who's <laughs> playing this week? Travis all Kelsey will be playing. Everybody's yeah. back. It ain't going to be good, man. And, and, and this is the one It's just, look, you're in the offs. I love Mike Tom, as you can see behind me, they got the Le'Veon Bill, uh, Bumblebee, um jersey we all got that we got the same agent i love i love mike tomlin i love what they're doing there this is just this team is just too much yeah. in this situation so i don't i don't know if it's gonna be the same blowout as it was and i think it may be a little bit closer because you got pride you want to play better but man Ooh. well three weeks ago when they played mjd patrick mahomes left the game with 12 minutes to go and they're up 33 to 3 Okay, exactly. the Chiefs offense averaging 34 points per game. I don't need to roll through all the numbers here. I think we're both on board uh, picking the Chiefs. I, I think it's going to be an easy cover. 36-20 um, yeah. is the score I'm going with. Monday night. Monday night in L.A. Dude, I, I had tickets. I was going to take my son. I was so excited. And then with all this COVID rescheduling, I now have a college basketball game, so I will not be going to that game. I know you will be there. Um, I will be. Rams favored by four over under right now at 49 and a half. Neither team really finished strong. Rams four and five in the back half of the season. Cardinals uh, lost four of their last five, including that last game uh, that they played against the Rams. Uh, you talked about the secondary. Let me ask you this. Eric Weddle, great player, but two years off. And uh, Dan, then, I need to get back in shape, bro. And I, I mean, need to call Sean and be like, what's up? Dude, like – I just can't imagine having not played in a professional football game in two years that you're going to come back in a playoff situation and be remotely close to ready. Well, well, I don't and, get and that. This, at this all. is the thing. He, well, they, they signed him to the practice squad. So let's, they didn't sign him to the active roster first and foremost. So they may be using this week to get him ready saying, Hey, if we need you. We got you here. We need you to run around a little bit and get right. Um, but this is the thing. Now this is important news for everyone. When Jordan Fuller went down, who he calls the defense. Jordan Fuller calls a whole defense. He gets everyone said normally it's the middle linebacker, but for the Rams, it was the safety. You know who called the defense after he went down? Who's that? Aaron Donald? Mike, 
Take a guess. <laughs> you no, know, it wasn't Aaron Donald. Uh, Jalen, not Jalen Ramsey. It was Jalen Ramsey. Was it really? Yes. And on that big play to Debo Samuel, Jalen is trying to get everyone set and make the call. They snapped the ball and that's the problem, right? So you got your corner calling the defense and they snapped the ball and guess what? He's out of position. He's reacting to something that his eyes are where they were not supposed to be. Boom. You got a big play. So they got to figure out a way to, to change that. You can't have that. Um, and so I like the Rams in this matchup. I think they, they, they understand how to play the Cardinals. The Cardinals don't have D hop anymore. So guess what? Jalen Ramsey now covers AJ green uh, or Zach Ertz, depending on the situation. Um, and so for me, I think, I think that they're going to have JJ Watt may play and, and those type of things. And that, you know, that may affect it a little bit, but the last time they played, I mean, the Rams had their way with them. They kind of did whatever they wanted to. Right. Um, it's going to be a big game, but I, I think the Rams win this one. Now, some people will say this, and I'm going to preface all that with this. The Cardinals are better on the road than they are at home. That is true. They're, they're a better team. I think they're eight and one on the road or something. So maybe they're just road warriors. You just never know. But uh, I like the Rams in this one. I always like the Rams. Well, I know you're always going to like the Rams. Here's an interesting little tidbit that I saw, and it means absolutely nothing in this matchup, but I found it fascinating. Uh, Matthew Stafford, as I mentioned earlier, was tied for the NFL lead in interceptions with 17. And you brought up the point, too, that uh, he also is tied with Kurt Warner for the most passes in Rams history with 41, most touchdown passes. The last quarterback to lead the NFL in interceptions and go on to win a Super Bowl was Eli Manning in 07. He went 4-0 in the playoffs with six touchdown passes and one pick. You know, we, we know what Matthew Stafford can be and he has been. It will be very interesting to see if under this microscope in this setting, we get the really good Matthew Stafford or we get the not so good Matthew Stafford. What's, what's the really good Matthew Stafford though? What is the really good Matthew Stafford? Yeah, I, I mean, Matthew Stafford has turned the ball over almost in every game, I think this year. Right. So well, the good Matthew Stafford is I'll give him I'll give him a turnover, right? I'll give him one. There you go. But well, but, but you you got to do everything else perfectly, and you've seen when he's he he can make throws that few other guys can can make. Well, I, I think I think the biggest thing for Stafford is, and this this is me watching all their games. Um, he plays really well when everything's on the line, Dan. Everything's on the line. He plays lights out. I'm talking about um, against Baltimore. He's 14 for 14 in the second half to win that game. Right. Right. Um, the start of the, the Niners game, he was he was playing really well. Um, now, he made some decisions as of late, and he really didn't throw the ball. That I knew that they were going to go to Odell Beckham Jr. on that rookie there. They were setting that up all game. He just didn't put the ball out there enough. So you got to know your, your guys, and, and they'll continue to grow. But um, it's the playoffs, man. You can't afford to turn the ball over, right? So I'd rather take away a touchdown and, 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 and take away a turnover in order for the Rams to, to advance. All right, so you're going Rams, I'm going Rams. Yep. How long are you in D.C. for? Uh, just a day. Okay. When are you in L.A. again? When do I get to see you in flesh and in person? I'll be in L.A. tomorrow. I'm coming flying in tomorrow. Perfect. Oh, because you'll be here for the game, of course. Yeah. All right, dude, I'll holler. I know you gotta run. I gotta I got to run. Oh, you know what? You want to hear something funny, too, and I'll say this? Saturday, I'm doing game day final. Sunday, I'm doing game day final. So I'll be there all weekend. <laughs> we'll hang out. We'll go to the club. I can't wait, man. I'm going to get a lot of MJD on TV, baby. Oh, shoot. I appreciate you, Dan. Have fun, brother. All right. See ya.